All right. All the announcements have been said and done. Let me tell you what I'm going to talk about tonight. I am going to talk about tonight receiving the spirit of the pastor. Receiving the spirit of the pastor. What does that mean? Well, really, I wish it was some way we could teach this in conjunction with what we taught last week, but it's just so much information, we have to divide it into two one-hour sessions because a lot of people can't sit for two hours and hear it, but they really go together just like this. Uh, and if you say, well, what was taught last week? Last week, Pastor Ralph talked about understanding the vision of your church, understanding the vision of your church. How do you catch hope to the vision? What does it mean to support the vision? What does it mean to be in alignment with that vision? Why you shouldn't fight against that vision? Why if you're called to a particular place, how you can partner with the vision rather than hindering it? And so this is just kind of a dovetail of that. This is about receiving the spirit of the pastor. And I say the pastor, it could be the pastors. You know, uh, the great thing that I love about Pastor Ralph and Pastor Chris and, and Minister Chandra and all the people who serve with us is that those people, they literally have my heart. And then what I mean by that is I feel, I feel extremely confident that if someone in our church or someone outside of our church is talking with them, that the same kind of quality information that, that I think they will receive from me, they are absolutely going to receive for them. Why? Because they have my heart. They have my heart for the people. They have my heart for, for ministry and they have the vision of FOC. And that's why this goes together. So my objective tonight, our class objective for tonight, is that every partner of Fellowship of Champions, whether you're a local partner or whether you are a virtual partner, that when we finish today, that you will be able to articulate and understand the importance of receiving the spirit of the pastor in the church where you are called. That means that if you are called to FOC, I want you to understand why we at Fellowship of Champions thinks it's important that you understand what it means to receive the spirit of the pastor. I want you to understand what it means so that even if you leave Fellowship of Champions and you go somewhere else, that you will go somewhere else and you will be part of the solution and not part of the problem because you don't understand how to receive the heart of the man or woman in which you say you are called to. So let's begin tonight by talking about the importance of receiving the spirit of the pastor. You have to understand that you may have grown up in a particular church you may have gone to several different churches and, and, and maybe all of your previous pastors, you know, allowed you to do something or allowed you to say something or they did a thing a certain way or they didn't do a thing a certain way. You have to understand that when God calls you to a new home, when God calls you to a new place, if you say, hey, Fellowship of Champions is my new home, then the one thing you can't do is you can't try to bring the spirit of your old pastor or pastors into the new place that God has called you. Why? Because if you do that, it's going to create confusion uh, for you and probably more than likely cause some tension for the man or woman of God who is supposed to be shepherding you. You have to understand that God speaks to everybody. Uh, and when I say everybody, I literally mean everybody. But when it comes to pastors, God will speak to pastors specifically about the flock they are shepherding. So God may tell one man to do something. He may tell me to do another thing. And both of those could be right. 
It doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. So when you come into a new house, you have to come into a new house. Number one, understanding that vision that Pastor Raph talked about last week. And then number two, you got to come in being able to receive the heart of that man or woman of God who is leading that particular ecclesia. So I say it like this. Don't bring the spirit of your former pastor into the new vision. It's like trying to put new wine into old wine skins. It won't fit. It's not designed to. So when you come in, you got to come in, you got to be willing to listen and to learn and to understand and to catch the vision. I say this all the time and I say it this way. If you don't have the spirit of the man, then you can't work effectively in the vision of the land. Let me say that again. If you don't have or if you don't catch the spirit of the man, then you won't be able to work effectively in the vision of that land. In other words, if you come in and you come to Fellowship of Champions and you start talking about the importance of missions and, and sending people you know, to, to Guatemala or to Africa or to other places to do all of these mission driven things, it's not that that's bad, but that that's not the vein that call that God has called Fellowship of Champions to. And so if you don't understand that our vision really at Fellowship of Champions has a lot to do with training up people locally who we can send out and minister into our local communities in our state and in our nation first, then you can get very frustrated because you'll say, well, they don't care about uh, missions or they don't care about, you know, we had someone who got very upset because we didn't do Sunday school and we had to explain to them that we are a teaching ministry. We don't need a Sunday school to, as another avenue to teach. We don't, we don't, we, we don't, we're, we're not light on word here at Fellowship of Champions. We're heavy on word. And because of that, uh, that Sunday school is not what God has called us to do. Doesn't mean it's wrong doesn't mean that it's right. It just means it's not what, what he's called us to do. And if you come here trying to force Sunday school on us, you'll be frustrated uh, and because, because we're, we're, we're solidified in what God has called us to do. So again, if you don't have the spirit of the man, you can't work effectively in the vision of that land. So you must learn to receive the pastoral office as the head of the local church. You know, there are some churches that are literally not run by their pastors. Uh, they're run by uh, elected boards or they're run by boards of elders or they're ran by uh, other groups of people other than the pastor. But here at Fellowship of Champions, it's important that you understand that we are a pastoral led church. Uh, I serve as the senior pastor along with my wife, who is the who is also I don't even use the word co-pastor. She is the pastor of FOC as well. But at the end of the day, my wife will tell you she submitted to me. God has given me certain direction and authority about what he wants to happen with Fellowship of Champions. And he's called other people to come along aside me and to help make sure that that mission or that vision comes to pass. And so you have to be able to understand that at this church, it's not a deacon run church. It's not an elder run church. Uh, I like to say it like this, and I pray that that's what it is. It's a God run church. Uh, and that as God gives me direction, I share that direction and vision and get wisdom and counsel from others as we go forth to carry out the, the great commission God has given to us. 
The Bible says that it's that way because in Jeremiah 3, 1 through 15, you can read that later. And then in Ephesians 4 and 11, he talks about giving us a shepherd uh, that, that, will, that, will, that will shepherd us. Uh, and, and in fact, one of the things that he begins to talk about uh, when you look at Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4 and 11, he's, he starts to, to tell us what the role or the job of a pastor really is. You know, and, and you have to understand what, what a pastor is as opposed to those other offices in the fivefold ministry. A pastor's job really is to shepherd. Uh, when you think about a shepherd, you think that a shepherd's job is to make sure that the sheep are taken care of. The shepherd leads them to where they get food for nourishment. He leads them to where they need to be for safety. Uh, he fights off any, any wolves that may try to come in and take the sheep. Um, you know, he, he, he brings them in when they need to be sheared to get all of the wool and stuff off of them. Literally, he's like a caretaker. And that is that is the pastor's job, not in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. He is a he or she is a spiritual caretaker. So you must know that the that, that the, the father has led you to FOC, because if you know that God has led you to FOC, then you understand that my job and my role is to help pull out the best in you. It's to help lead you, it's to help guide you, it's to help show you where you can where you can go to be the absolute best you can be. And so you have to be to be willing to understand and allow that to be reflected in your life. Now, if you know this and you receive this, then you know that the pastoral office is designed to not only feed you, but to educate you. In other words, that means that there are times when you may be wanting to go a certain direction or do a certain thing. And as the pastor, the pastor may say, hey, it's not the time for that, or that's not how we're going to do it, or let's do it like this. Those people who are called to FOC understand that that is never being done to stifle you, uh, to slow you down, um, to hold you back. My desire is to see you shine. I want to see you shine in every possible way, in every possible arena. Uh, you know, when we were talking about Ephesians 4:11, one of the things that it says, it says, whatever you do, don't bring that spirit uh, of your, well, I'm saying this, don't, don't bring the, the spirit of your former pastor into the vision. Why? Because if you have that spirit of the man, then you then you will work effectively in the vision of that land. How do you do that? By getting the heart of the pastor. How do I get the heart of the pastor? I listen to what's important to them. If you go to Fellowship of Champions, you have to know prayer is important. <laughs> Why is prayer is important? We pray on Tuesdays. We pray on Fridays. We have an intercessory prayer ministry. So if you're going to FOC, then you're going to know that 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 prayer is important. If you go to FOC, you know, we think it's important to help young people start their lives off on the right track. You know, it's important that we we, we think it's important that, that, that young people shouldn't have to start their life off in debt. So those who want to go to go to school, we, we put together a scholarship fund. Why? Because that's where our heart is. We don't believe that 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 single moms and, and, and even single dads who are raising children do the best they can should have to struggle. That's why we have a fund to help them. 
we believe in not just doing outreach across the ocean. We believe in helping our local uh, partners in our community. That's why we make sure we have a line item dedicated to benevolence. Why? Because those things are important. And so if you begin to look and see what is important at FOC, what do they spend most of their time talking about and doing? Then you will catch on to that vision and it will become part of your vision. You have to understand the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 17, it says for you to do this. It says, obey them, them being your pastors that have rule or authority over you and submit yourselves. Now, look, it says you, the thing about a pastor, a good pastor He's not going to try or she's not going to try to rule over you. I'm not trying to rule over anyone. My job, again, is to help you shine, is to help you be the best you can be. But the Bible says in order for me to do my job, then you have a job to do. What is your job? He says that you obey them that rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? For they, the pastors, they watch for your soul as they, the pastors, must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So how, how, what am I saying here? I'm saying that when you get to the place where you are able to submit yourself, when you say, you know what? God called me here. And because God called me here, then I am choosing you hear me? I am choosing to submit myself to this man or this woman of God. And I'm doing it because I believe that God sent me here because he has what's best for me. Therefore, I am not going to make the job of that man or that woman who is supposed to be taking care of my soul a difficult job. I don't, and, and I know people don't talk about a lot, that a lot. You know, we talk a lot about church hurt, and there is some church hurt out there. There's a lot of it, but there is also some pastoral hurt because the very people you're supposed to be leading and guiding are kicking and screaming against you the whole way. And in Hebrews, he was telling us this should not be the case. He says those people who are designed to look over your life. He said, they are going to have to give an account for you. So, so pastors who mistreat people, listen, they're going to get theirs. Why? Because God does not appoint shepherds to have them mistreat the sheep. And I know people talk about, well, sheep are dumb. They need to be led, blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter is that wasn't his intention at all when he used the shepherd-sheep relationship. He used the shepherd-sheep relationship because they were dependent on one another. They were dependent on one another. I need the partners of Fellowship of Champions. And I believe that the, the partners of Fellowship of Champions need me. I don't need to make their life difficult. They not gonna make mine difficult. And so we gotta learn how to work together. Why? Because my job is to help pull out the best in you. That is my job. And so I need you to receive the vision of the house. And then I need you to receive my heart so that you know that when I have to correct you or when I have to say something you don't like, you know that I'm not saying it to beat up on you. You know I'm not saying it to try to tear you down. You know I'm not trying to say it to embarrass you. I am saying it because I need it to be said so that I can pull out the best in you. Understand, your pastor is your spiritual head.
But a spiritual head doesn't mean they're supposed to be your bully. Uh, my job is not to bully you. My job is not to tell you everything you're supposed to do. In fact, again, catching the vision of the church, right? Our job at Fellowship of Champions is to make sure that you learn to hear from God. Why? Because Pastor Sean and I love you, but Pastor Sean and I are imperfect. Sometimes we may hear wrong, but if you get proficient in hearing from God, I can guarantee you, you will have much more success than just depending upon me, Pastor Sean, or any other pastor. We're supposed to be a compliment to you. We're not supposed to be your sole source of hearing. But even with that, we are still the spiritual head of the local ecclesia. We are still the one who gives the vision. You know, I said last year that it was our year of great harvest. And the people who grabbed hold of that vision, the people who grabbed hold of that word, they saw some wonderful things in their life. And then we came back this year and we're like, yo, look, this is our year of release. This is our year of things being released to us and us releasing some stuff that we're not supposed to have. And the people who have grabbed hold to that word are experiencing wonders beyond measure. Why? Because they have submitted themselves to the ministry and they're not making my job, pastoring them, difficult or challenging. Understand this, if you do not, I'll say it again, if you do not have the spirit of the man, you cannot work effectively in that land. Why do I keep saying that? Because this is known as the law of harmony. It's known as the law of harmony. And you may say, well, what is the law of harmony? Well, the law of harmony works just like any other law. A law is a principle and it's, a stat, it's called a principle because it works the same way for anybody who gets involved. You know, we talk about gravity all the time when we talk about understanding laws because gravity doesn't care how tall you are, how short you are, how thin you are, how fat you are, your gender, your uh, ethnicity. Uh, it doesn't care anything about that. It works the same way on everybody every single time. And so the law of harmony works the same way. What does it mean? It means that you must receive the vision of the Lord. In other words, if the Lord told you to come to FOC, that's the vision he's giving you. Now you on your own accord have to submit to it and then be committed to the mandate of that house. And that mandate comes from the local authority that God has put in place. And he's chosen to do that through his pastors. He's chosen to do that through his pastors. So when you, you got to know that when you're fighting against God, uh, when, when you're fighting against pastors, you're not really fighting against pastors as much as you are fighting against the mandate of God for that house. I tell people all the time, if the mandate of the house doesn't fit, you should find another place to go. And that's not being mean. That is saying you don't want to find yourself fighting against what God has called in a particular place. If you don't identify with it, no problem. Go and find the place where you can identify so you can be willingly submitted, so you can willingly work in the land where you have been called to do that. Now, I want to give you an example because I'm trying to keep this under hour. I want to give you some examples of what it looks like to receive the spirit of the, of the pastor. I can think of no greater relationship uh, than the relationship of Elijah and Elijah. Uh, when you begin to look at their relationship, and you can go to 2 Kings chapter 2, read all of that, and then go through 2 Kings chapter 3, 
all the way down to like uh, verse 11 or 12. And what you will find is you will find this dynamic relationship between these two individuals um, who clearly were both called by God. But I want to give you some examples of what it looked like. When you look when you look at Elijah and Elijah, the one thing you find is that Elijah trusted Elijah. He trusted it. If you go to a church and you can't trust the pastor, you can't trust the leadership, you can't trust the elders, you can't trust the deacons, you can't trust anybody who's in authority, I am telling you, you are at the wrong place. There will never be uh, an outpouring of the anointing if there is no trust there. When you look at this relationship, Elijah trusted the leading of Elijah. And so if you don't trust the leading of the leadership of FOC, that's okay. We're not angry with you. We're not upset with you. But what I would suggest to you is that you need to find a place where you can trust leadership. You got to be able to trust leadership. The second thing you find is that we kind of talked about this earlier. Elijah was submitted to Elijah. In fact, you find one time where Elijah asked, could he go back and take care of some home responsibilities? And Elijah said to him, look, let the dead bury the dead. If you if you if you're if you're concentrated on that, then then this this is where I'm going, and, and you, you're not submitted enough to go. And, and you find out that Elijah was submitted. He was submitted to Elijah. Now, let me help you because people get this thing so twisted. Being submitted doesn't mean following someone blindly. If I get out here tomorrow and I start talking crazy and I start talking about how uh, there's another way to the father, or I start talking about uh, you don't have to repent for your sins, or I start talking about the Bible ain't real, and I start saying all of this crazy stuff, you shouldn't be so submitted to me that you keep following me when I am saying something that goes in direct contradiction to the word of God. You got to understand being submitted doesn't, I don't mean to be rude, but being submitted doesn't mean being a dummy. Being submitted doesn't mean being a dummy. You don't just follow someone blindly. You follow me as you can see what I am doing is going along with the word of God. And that's what Elijah did. The other thing Elijah did is he supported Elijah. You know, if you say Fellowship, Fellowship of Champions is your home, my question always to people who say that is, where is your support? Are you supporting us through prayer? Are you supporting us through helping with the teams? Are you supporting us uh, by, by giving? Are you supporting by, by working? Uh, are you sharing the broadcast, the ministry? Are you helping evangelize? What are you doing? Because uh, when you talk about receiving the spirit of the pastor, you can see that it always shows up as support. Elijah supported Elijah. The other thing Elijah did is Elijah followed Elijah. You know, there's a couple places in the Bible where the Bible talks about the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, the Bible says he got a vision. He said he got a vision to go to a particular place. And he told the people that he got the vision. And the people was like, no, no, if you got the vision, we got the vision. Because wherever the Lord told you to go, that's where we're going. Because we believe that we're called to you. So if God told you to go here and build something, we're coming to support. We're coming to help because we're following you because we are submitted to you. We are submitted to you. 
So if you're going to receive the spirit of this house, the spirit of the pastor, then you got to ask yourself, how am I supporting? And I'm telling you, if you ask God, say, God, I'm a partner of FOC. How can I support the ministry? I'm telling you, he'll speak to you. And then all you have to do is don't discount what he's saying. Don't be like, well, somebody else is already doing that or somebody can do it better. Listen, right now we got people filling roles in this ministry because no one else has stepped up yet. And so rather than go without, they're wearing multiple hats. But we are waiting on partners to come from the north, the south, the east and the west with their talents so that we can spread some of those duties out across various individuals so that the workload becomes lighter. We can run faster and further and reach more people. So if you want to be a partner of this ministry or you are a partner of this ministry and, you're, and you don't know what to do to support, ask God how you can support because Elijah supported Elijah. Then the one thing that they did when you look at their relationship is everything they did work for the benefit of the whole. I'm a firm believer, and people know because I've talked about this before, and this part's not in my notes, but I'm going to talk about it. You know, this whole idea that, that, that we have what people call spiritual fathers, I believe in spiritual fathers. What I don't believe in is spiritual fathers uh, collecting children. And let me explain what I mean by that. You know, as a parent, I have five children. It is my responsibility to be all I can be to each of those five natural children that I have. Well, the same thing is true, I believe, when it comes to being a spiritual father. My job as a spiritual father is not to just collect all of these kids so all of these kids can give to me. That is not my heart. That's not my spirit. I don't think it's the father's heart. And so when, when, when I have spiritual children, my idea is what can I give to them? Because what I notice in the relationship is that the father, our heavenly father, is always giving to us much more than we can give to him. Even though it's a reciprocal relationship, he says, all you can really give me is your obedience. So if you give me your obedience, I give you everything else because it's a reciprocal relationship. So when it comes to me uh, fathering my spiritual children, I take that job very seriously. Why? Because it's supposed to be the benefit of the whole. I'm supposed to be doing something to benefit them as they are doing something to benefit me. If it's a one-way relationship, something is out of balance. Something is out of balance. If I got 250 spiritual children and my only goal is to gather them together once or twice a year so I can get them to give me an offering, that is not the heart of God. Don't write me no letters. Don't send me nothing if you're mad, if this stepped on your toes, if this stepped on your pastor's toes. I'm talking about what happens here at Fellowship of Champions. At Fellowship of Champions, we believe everything that is done should be done as a mutual benefit of the whole. Amen. The mutual benefit of the whole. There are two things. There are two critical things you must understand. If you are going to receive the spirit of the pastor, there are two things that you have to make sure is, is, is not happening in your life. Number one, you cannot be a person who is easily offended. You cannot be a person who is easily offended. If you are easily offended, there will be multiple opportunities for the enemy to pull you away. The second thing is that you cannot be 
insecure. You can't find yourself being insecure. You can't be easily offended and you can't find yourself being uh, insecure in things. Why? Well, the scripture is clear on this. Let's look at this first one about, about offense. Here's what it says in Psalms 119. It says in Psalms 119, 165, it says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. I'm going to say this again. Nothing shall offend them. Great peace, that word peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. Great peace have they which love God's law. Now, I don't just mean the law. I mean, whatever God says is law for us. So let me say it like this. Great peace have they which love to obey God and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Why is that so important? Because if offense comes in, offense opens up the door and the Bible says it allows every evil work to come into your life. So what will happen is you'll, you'll say, oh, I got the heart of the pastor. Me and Pastor Edward on the same page. We're working this ministry together. We're walking this journey together. And then I have to correct you about something. And if you're insecure or if you're easily offended, now what's going to happen is you're going to allow that correction to bruise your ego. You're going to allow that correction to cause you to be standoffish. And then what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself getting connected to other offended people or other insecure people. And then what's going to happen is the enemy's going to play with y'all and tell y'all that Pastor Edwin likes so-and-so better than he likes you. He don't talk to so-and-so like he talks to you. Uh, he, he gives them more grace than he gives you. But the reality is, let's just call it out. You don't know what I do with somebody else. You only know what I do with you. And so it's important that you are not a person who is easily offended and you're not a person who is easily uh, living this insecure life that every time somebody says something to you, it hurts your feelings. Now, that, that, that was a scripture we read about being uh, offended. Let's look at 2 Peter. Uh, and it talks about, about, about not being insecure. Here's what it says. It says, therefore, brothers, or sistering, <laughs> it says, be all the more diligent to what? Confirm your calling and election. Why? For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Now, what, is he, what, is he, what does he mean by that? He says, you gotta know that if you've been called to helps ministry, that's not less than whether you've been called to the fivefold ministry. If you have the gift of administration, that's not less than whether you've been called to help on the praise team. He says, you gotta be diligent and you gotta confirm your own calling. You gotta solidify what God has called you to. You gotta get in place there and you gotta be secure with that. And if you do it, he says, you can use the qualities that I've given you. You will flourish in that area and you'll never fall. You will never fall. You will never fall. I've seen it happen so many times. Somebody will come into the ministry and maybe they got talents and skills in one area um, and, 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 and the Lord will start opening doors for them to be used. And other people be like, well, well, pastor never asked me to do that. Or, or pastor never asked me to, to, to help with that. Or pastor never asked me to do that. All I ever get to do is help with the kids. All I ever used to do is help set up. All I have to, have to do is, is hospitality. Listen, whatever you are doing, it is important. Do you hear me? It is important. 
Enjoy your role. That's what Pastor Sean said. Enjoy your role. You got to learn how to do that. Enjoy what God's called you to do and know that it adds value. Then the enemy can't sneak in and try to make you feel like what you're doing doesn't matter. Amen. So you cannot be offended and you cannot be insecure if you're going to receive the heart of the pastor. Amen. All right. So now let's see. We got about 15 minutes here. And in the next 15 minutes, I want to go through real quick and I want to show you these seven ways in which you can relate to your pastor. I want to show you these seven, uh, seven ways in which you can relate to your pastor. Number one, if you're going to receive the heart of your pastor, if you're going to relate to your pastor, you must receive him and her as a gift, a gift from God. Now, you know how you treat a gift if you like the gift. And you have to understand that when you receive a gift, uh, it means you, you take ownership of it. And when you take ownership of something, you don't let it go easily. I tell people all the time, you know, Pastor Tony is my spiritual father. And as a result, you can't come and whisper some stuff in my ear about Pastor Tony and expect me to just walk away from it. You out of your mind. I, I, I'm not doing that. He's a gift to me. He was a gift to me when he and his wife came into our life and saved our marriage. He's been a gift to me at the times that I've needed uh, direction about ministry. Uh, he and his wife have been a gift to us when we needed direction uh, about, our, about our finances or whatever it's been. There's no way you're going to come and talk me out of my gift. You're not going to talk me out of my gift. And, and this is not to say, hear me, this is not to say that pastors are infallible. We know that they are not. I am not perfect. Far from it. Far from it. But what it does mean is that if God has called you here, he has put something in me for you. It is your job to stick with me, to get out of me what God's put in me for you. So I am a gift for you, even if I'm trash to somebody else. Somebody better hear that. Now, I know anybody, I, 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 don't, I don't mean trash like that. What I'm saying is, even if somebody else doesn't like me, even if somebody else can't stand me, even if somebody else don't like how I teach, somebody else don't like the way I sound, that's all fine and good. But if you know that God called you here, then you have to forget about the external noise and you have to judge me for how I interact with you. That's how you catch the heart of the pastor. That's how you catch the heart of the pastor, because you understand, yes, that's right, that the anointing is perfect, but the person is not. I am not, but the anointing is, and the anointing is what you want. You have to understand that until you receive the gift, you don't get any benefit from it. If you don't, if, if, if I give you a, a, a box, and inside that box is the keys to a brand new car, and you refuse to open uh, the box, or you refuse to accept the box, even though the car belongs to you, you get no benefit out of it. So if you refuse to embrace me for who God has called me to be in your life, you get no benefit from me, even though God has put something in me for you. So number one, if you're going to receive the spirit of the pastor, then you must receive him or her as a gift from God. Number two, you got to get to know your pastor. 
And, what, and, I, and I'm actually going to combine number two and number three together. Uh, and then we'll use it pretty much the same scripture for it because number number two says you got to know your pastor. Number three says you got to learn how to esteem him or her very highly. Now, let me talk about what these two mean because I want to talk about them in almost in unison. To know your pastor, number two, doesn't mean that you have to go and, and, and spend hours at their house. That, that's, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about know them like that. We mean to know them, which means to have a level of knowledge of them. Uh, it causes you to be uh, familiar with their ways of doing things. Uh, it means that you have more than just surface knowledge of them. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it means that you spent some time studying them, that you understand uh, how they process uh, the things of God. Um, so that way you're not fooled uh, when, when someone says that they said something that, 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 that may be what they said, but now how they said it. You understand the, the nuances that, that, if, that if pastor said something and somebody said pastor was, was sharp with them. You understand a pastor probably didn't do that unless he had talked to them multiple times and they hadn't done what they were supposed to. And they keep coming back asking for new information when they haven't done what they were supposed to do in the first place. It's not the pastor won't talk sharp, but you have the nuance to know the pastor don't come out the gate talking sharp. You got to know them. And then number three, he says you have to esteem them very highly. That word esteem means to respect. It means to appreciate. It means to hold them in high regard. That doesn't mean that they can't do any wrong. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that you say, hey, I can be cool with my pastor, but I also understand that my pastor is my, is my spiritual authority. And therefore, I don't get so casual with them that I just take them for granted. I treat them as a gift. I know them. I know about them and who they are and what they do where the Lord is concerned. And I esteem them. I put them in their rightful place. I, I, I may laugh and joke with them when it's appropriate, but when they are speaking to me about my life, I tune to attention. I'm listening to what they're saying. Why? Because the scripture tells us to do so. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, we're going to read verse 12 and 13, but just look at what it says. It says, we ask you brothers to respect those, watch this, who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Notice what it says, over you what? In the Lord. Listen, if you're an attorney, I ain't asking you to look, to listen to me about a law brief. <laughs> if you're an accountant, I'm not asking you to listen to me uh, when it comes to putting together some CPA report. That, that being a pastor doesn't mean I know it all about everything. He says, we're asking you all to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. So we're talking about spiritual things, things that have to do with your life because of the spiritual connection to it. He says, and we admonish you, verse 13, and to esteem them, what? Very highly, what? in love. Why? Because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Notice he says, and I know people don't think about this, but do you have any idea how much time Pastor Ralph spends prepping to teach you on Wednesday? You have any idea how much time Pastor Sean spends to get ready to do a Mindset Monday? 
To, have, do you have any idea how much time it takes for me to prep for a, for a sermon series in addition to the other operational things of the church, in addition to counseling people and talking to people? You understand how long it takes Pastor Chris to get, listen, Pastor Chris is always concerned about making sure that what she's giving you doing worship sounds edifying. I know you show up and you just think it's amazing, but you don't understand everything that goes on in order for it to come off being amazing. The time, the effort, the concern. Why? Because we understand that we labor for you. It says, and because of that, your job is to make sure that you don't make our job hard. <laughs> your job is to esteem us. It doesn't mean put us on a pedestal. It means to put us in our proper place, though. What do I mean by that? Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't let folk talk about my pastor. You can't talk to me. You can't come and say negative stuff about Pastor Tony and Pastor Cynthia to me. Why? Because I don't know their interaction with you. I only know their interaction with me. And their interaction with me has always been appropriate. Even when I had to be corrected, even when I had to be challenged, even when I had to be told I was wrong, it has always been in love. So I can't speak to what someone else has encountered with them. I can only speak to what I have encountered. So I don't let something come into my life to get me from putting them in their proper place because some interaction somebody else may have had with them. So number one, I know that they are a gift to me. Number one, you ought to know that Pastor Sean and I and the other pastors of this ministry, we're gifts to you. God loves you so much. He changed the course of our lives to be able to give you what you needed. Number two, you got to know your pastor. And number three, you got to esteem them very highly. And then number four, number four, you got to pray for your pastors. I don't know how much uh, I need to say about this. I thank God for our intercessory prayer team. They pray for us. They intercede for us daily. Listen, you ought to be interceding for us daily. Why? Because when you intercede for us, you allow us to push back any clutter and, and hindrances that will cause us not to hear the word we need to be hearing so we can give you good direction and good teaching for your life. This allows the word to come across freely. This also makes you involved in the messages that come forth, and it gives you a sense of your part in the ministry. This is a part that everybody can play. Every single person in ministry can play a role right here. How? Pray for us. Pray for us every day. Pray for the other partners in the ministry, but pray for us. We pray for you, you pray for us. And I thank God that in our intercessory prayer ministry, almost every time they pray, they, they pray for us. They do. They pray for us. They pray for our family because there are lots of times that we're giving up things for our family to prepare to make sure that you have what you need. So number four, you want to be a part of this ministry? You want to have a heart for me? Learn to pray for me. Number five, communicate with us. Communicate with him or her. Your pastors, even if we're just your auxiliary church, that's great. That's fine. But you should be praying and you should be communicating. What do I mean when I say communicate? Well, let's take a look at Galatians 6 and 6. Galatians 6 and 6 says it like this. Let the one who is taught the word, right? That would be you. Share all good things with the one who teaches. That would be us. In other words, the Bible says there ought to be a reciprocation for what you are receiving. 
So when we say communicate, we don't just mean a pat on the back, a, a bold pastor that was good. You communicate in all good things. In other words, you sow resources into the ministry. Why? So that we can do what we do on a greater scale. That's how you communicate. When you think about it, if you get a birthday card from a friend of yours, you like the card, but when you open that card, what are you looking? You're looking to see what's inside the card. Why? Because the card is the holder, right? But 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 how much they appreciate you or in terms of what they're appreciating you for is wrapped on the inside of that card. I tell people all the time, you know, people say, well, money is so insensitive. Only if you think money is insensitive. I don't think money is insensitive. <laughs> and because I don't think it's insensitive, when you when you communicate to me in that manner, I know that you appreciate it. Why? Because that's something that people don't tend to part with. Now, are we just asking for your money? No, not at all. And whether you ever give us any or not is really irrelevant because we live by heaven's resources. But I'm telling you that if you want to be really connected and you want to get in and you want to have this same kind of heart, one of the ways of doing that is by sowing into your man and woman of God. And I don't care what people say on the broadcast. And I don't care if people get mad, people get upset. It is true. I can list names of people for you I want who have made it a practice of sowing into my life. And I can tell you and they will tell you that as a result of that and the other things that they've done, being obedient, you know, working uh, with the ministry, doing all the things we, we talk about all the time, not just giving, their life is the better. When you communicate, he says, communicating all good things. This includes your finances as well as your verbal appreciation. You know, it's really important that you understand how to communicate. You know, some, some your old pastor, which is why I say you may, you, you don't want to bring your old pastor's vision into, into this church. You know, your old pastor may have enjoyed you giving them uh, clocks or, or, or buying them uh, various pieces of, 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 you know, things like, like things that go on their shelf. And, and I don't like all that stuff. I'm a minimalist for the most part. And what I mean by that is I don't want a, a bunch of plaques and a bunch of awards and all those kind of things. That's fine if that's what you want to give me. But if you want to communicate to me that I'm important in your life, use words or dollars. <laughs> That's important to me. And so you have to understand that. So the same thing is true. You got to get to know Pastor Rav. You got to get to know Pastor Chris. You got to get to know Pastor Sean. You got to get to know all the ministers on the thing. Because if you want to communicate to someone, you need to be able to communicate to them in a way that is not just joyful to you, but it's also joyful to them. Amen. All right. Number six, you need to follow after them follow after them or imitate them. Now, when I say imitate them, I do not under any circumstance mean you got to start dressing like them. You ain't got to start driving the same kind of car. You ain't got to start speaking like them. The Bible says we follow after them through, through faith and patience who have obtained the promise. So when I say that you need to follow after them, I mean follow after them through faith. Like if, if, if they walked out uh, their faith for getting a house, find out how they walked it out. If they walked out faith for healing, find out how they walked that out and then imitate that. You know, if, you know, Pastor Sean says all the time, you cannot have what we have if you haven't done what we have done. So if we spent 24 years in the word, you can't expect to just come along and just get what we have tomorrow when you haven't spent any time. 
So we're not asking you to become a copycat. We're asking you to follow after us as we follow after God. So please make sure that you understand the difference in that. You follow and you imitate those in the things that are acceptable to God. That's what you follow them in. And then number seven, you got to learn how to obey them. You have to learn how to follow instruction. You got to learn how to, that, that, that is some people's biggest issue. They will not follow instruction. They say things like, well, he a man, just like I'm a man. He can't tell me what to do. Well, okay. If that's how you feel about it, so be it. But then that is not having the heart of the pastor. It's not catching the vision. And therefore you can't expect the blessing on that house to be on you when you are not under that vision or under that authority. Now, the thing is, it goes back to what I said. You got to have a pastor you can trust. Listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I have zero want when it comes to controlling your life. Zero. I do not want to control your life. You have the Holy Spirit just like I have the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit can't talk to you and you listen to them, more than likely you're not going to listen to me. My job is to help you understand why Holy Spirit will be saying certain things to you, why Holy Spirit would want you to change, why Holy Spirit would want you to do this or not do that. And then even when you don't understand it, if you have submitted yourself, if you trust me, if you know that my, my, my only interest is what's best for you, you will do it even when you don't understand it, because on the other side of it, you will get to see what, what, what God had for you. And it happens so many times for so many people. And they come back and they say, Pastor Edwin, you told me to do X, Y, and Z. I didn't think I was supposed to do that, but I, I, but I trusted you. I trusted the God in you and I did it. And I'm so glad I did because if I had done X, Y, and Z, this bad thing would have happened. But you told me don't do that and to do this. And I did it and because of that. I got delivered in this area. This thing happened for me. Why? Because my job is not to control you. My job is to make sure that when I have to give an account for this pastoral office he's placed me in, that I can do so with a clear conscience, knowing that I did everything I could to help pull out the best in you. So how can you help? How can you help me help you? Two things, two words, loyalty and commitment. Loyalty. What is loyalty? Loyalty means to change my plans to serve the one I'm under. That's right. What does that mean? That means like if I say, hey, uh, 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 you know, when, when we get back to meeting in person, we're going to have to have some people come and, and, and help clean up the church and get everything back in order so we can start back meeting in person. And, and, and here's the weekend we're going to do it. Well, maybe you had decided that was going to be your chill weekend, that you was going to just sit down and relax and not do nothing. Listen, people who are loyal are willing to change their plans to help the greater good. Does that mean you have to change your plan every time? No. But what I'm saying, if you're never willing to, if it's only about what's ever best for you, I'm telling you, you got to check whether or not that's really submission and whether you're really committed or not. And a lot of people won't have these conversations with you, but you need to have them. There have been plenty of times that Pastor Sean and I have made a decision to do something. And our spiritual parents wanted us to do something, or even the people in our church needed us to do something. We changed our plans. Why? Because again, remember, this is about the benefit of the whole. And if we can change our plans and modify and do something later in order to make sure that someone else is being blessed in this particular capacity, we have done that. We've sown that. 
And so therefore, we, we, we believe we reap that in our partners. Loyalty. The other part of that, though, is commitment. It's commitment. What is commitment? Commitment is really never known until it's tested. And I typed that wrong, so that's my that's my bad on the typo there. But but commitment is really never known until it is tested. What do you mean? People can say that they are committed all day long. People can say they are committed all day long. Thank you, Pastor Rap. But until you have that opportunity where your commitment has to be tested, you really don't know how committed you are. See, if, if if you're if if the Bible says it like this in 2 Kings 2 and 12. I think I have that on there. 2 Kings uh 2 and 12. Uh in 2 Kings 2 and 12, and I may not have pulled it up there. Let me see if I did. Uh I don't think I did. Pastor Ralph, can you pull up 2 Kings 2 and 12 for me? While he's doing it, let me say this. If you get offended because you get challenged on something, um you're never going to be able to be a committed person because a lot of people say they committed until, until stress comes, until struggle happens. And, and, if, and if you are one of those kind of people and you say, oh, I'm committed, I'm committed, I'm committed until you're challenged on something, you're going to find out very quickly that you're not really as committed as, as, as you think you are. Let me give you a prime example. Those of you who have children, as a parent, you know that you have authority in your house. You know you do. If you tell your kid to sit down, they may actually sit down, but you know they're still standing up in their heart. You know they are still standing up in their heart. Here, he's got it right here. Here's the King James Version. It says, and Elijah saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. Notice in this, if you read this whole thing, this is second Kings two. If you read this whole thing out, what you'll find out is that Elijah was so committed to Elijah that literally he followed him wherever he was able to go. And because he was able to follow him wherever he was able to go, the Bible says that when Elijah was taken up into the whirlwind, that Elijah received a double portion of his spirit. What do I mean by that? Commitment will cause the anointing to rest on you in greater capacity. If you want to be more anointed, if you want to be more in tune with the ministry, get committed to the things that God has called the ministry to. And if you will do that, if you will do that, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Church vision and catching the heart of the pastor will go hand in hand. And you will be a person who other people won't be able to come and pluck out of the ministry. You won't be involved. In all. See, I told Pastor Sean today, I said, the problem with the church is that a lot of people haven't learned to be good church partners or church members. They just haven't learned. No one's told them the expectation that they are supposed to have in order to be good church members. Being good church members don't mean that you don't ever say anything or, or question anything. That's not what we're talking about at all. And again, if you know me and you have my heart, when you hear me say that, you would even think that that's what I'm talking about. But I have to say it for the folk who don't have my heart. We are never talking about you following blindly. What we are talking about is you learning how to be a good partner. How do you become a good partner? How do you help us help you succeed? Because that's what this is all about.
So that's what I have for you today. That is that is our teaching on understanding how to uh, catch and receive the spirit of the pastor. I hope uh, that, that you will understand that my and Pastor Sean's desire, Pastor Ralph, Pastor Chris, and Mr. Chandra, all of our ministers, all of our partners, all of our elders, we only want the best for you. That's why we do what we do. That's why we, that's why we make uh, time to study our word, uh, not just for ourselves, but we have to study for you. Why? Because we want the best for you. And so we just encourage you, uh, I encourage you to go back, listen to the first, if you, if you haven't listened to any of the partnership lessons, just go back. You can go to the YouTube or to, or to our webpage uh, on Sermon Share, and you can listen to Salvation. Uh, the teaching on that. You can listen to what we believe about church uh, vision, which goes hand in hand to what I was talking about today, which is how do you receive the spirit of the pastor? And so uh, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging in there. I've been about an hour. If you don't count the little announcement pieces, it's 9.05. We want to keep this at an hour. So again, ways to give are on the screen. Listen, if you're a partner at FOC, I'm telling you, you want to get your seed in the ground. It's great to come here and hear word and, 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 and love it and enjoy it. But I'm telling you, I want you to make sure that you are putting yourself in a position so that you can prosper. So if you want to if you want to be a partner with the ministry, uh, you can simply go to the website um, and fill out that registration form. And man, we'd love to have you as a partner. And as a partner, um, there's a teaching, a whole teaching we did about partnership. You can go and listen to that, what it means to be a part of FOC. We want to pray for you. We want you to pray for us. We want us to, to walk this journey together. We want us to love on each other. We want us to give each other lots of grace because we're all imperfect. We're all going to make mistakes, uh, but we're all growing and becoming. We're all growing and becoming. So God bless you. We appreciate you. And uh, just as a reminder, tomorrow night uh, uh, is Ignite. Uh, at, at, you can go to the website and check that out for times and, and, and information. And then Friday morning, Friday morning, join us for the Champion Circle. Uh, hopefully by the time we see you on Sunday, uh, those of us who are in Arkansas and some other places in the country, all of this snow will be gone. All of those who have been without power, listen, we're praying for you. Uh, this is a great time to use your thinking, feeling cycle. I know you'll be wanting to go off on the utility companies. Uh, I get it. I understand it. Uh, but don't let the enemy have control of your life. Use your thinking, feeling cycle. Tame those thoughts and tame your tongue uh, to make sure that you're seeing the right things. And we're believing for you to stay warm, stay healthy, stay safe. If you don't have to go anywhere, don't. Uh, don't try to get out there on those roads if you don't have to. We want you to be safe and then hopefully all this will be gone. And we will see you on Sunday. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great night.